It's time for the most interactive radio program in Las Vegas today. It's time for Pushing the Limits with Brian Shapiro. Brian will talk sports, politics, entertainment, and anything that matters to you. Feel free to call Brian at 702-221-7283. You want answers? I want the truth! Now Pushing the Limits, here's Brian Shapiro. Well, what's up, everybody? Happy Tuesday. It is Pushing the Limits. So glad that you can join us broadcasting all over the place besides the FM and AM dial. It's a real afternoon radio show. Yeah, it is. That's right. Um, we're all over the place. YouTube, TikTok, Twitter, Facebook. Why are you laughing, Numchuck? Why are you laughing to start the show? I'm trying to do a serious radio show here. Stop laughing. It's a serious show. Talk about a lot of serious topics here. Actually, we are going to have some fun today. You are going to laugh about Lauren Boebert because Lauren Boebert, or as I like to call her, Lauren Hobart, um, she ran into the TMZ cameras and the stuff she said about that that Beetlejuice when she was uh, play when she was rubbing that guy's genitalia. Uh, Democrat, by the way, uh, her excuses and and it's just hilarious. So we're going to get to that here in a few minutes. Former presidential candidate Joe Walsh is going to be joining us at the bottom of the hour. So we will be. Uh, Getting to a lot of different topics with them, of course, uh, Joe Biden and the inquiry, <laughs> the inquiry impeachment. We will be talking about that with uh, Joe Walsh coming up at the bottom of the hour. Phil Mickelson owning it and admitting the fact that he is a degenerate gambler. Yes, he might have not used that word, but he did admit to having a gambling problem. And uh, it's been estimated he has literally gambled billions of dollars in his life. And it's affected his friendships, his families. Um his family, uh, and uh, we're going to talk a little bit about that. The golf guru, report golf reporter Dennis Silver is going to be joining us in the studio. Talk a little bit about that. It is a Vegas story. It's about gambling. It's about having gambling addiction. And here's a guy who's you know one of the most recognizable golfers ever. And uh, so we'll talk about that coming up in hour number two. I, I want to get to this to start because I talk a lot about hypocrisy on this show, particularly from the right. Happens on the left too, but. You would think that this would be good news, right? Five Americans were released from Iranian uh, detention center. They landed in Washington, D.C. DC earlier today after a flight home from Qatar. The Americans had been uh, designated by the U.S. as wrongfully detained and uh, were freed as part of a wider deal that included the U.S. unfreezing $6 billion in Iranian funds. The agreement also involved the release of five Iranians in U.S. custody. Now, three of these Americans had been in prison for more than five years. The identities of the other two Americans are still not publicly known. You would think, though, that this would be a good idea, uh, that this was, this is a good deal to free these Americans, right? You would think that. But no, a lot of people on the far right are, again, attacking Joe Biden. Just like they attacked Joe Biden for the Afghanistan withdrawal. And listen terrible tragedy when you have any sort of loss of life. Sadly, when you back out of a war, there's going to be loss of life. It happens in every war. Terrible. We lost 12 brave men and women in uniform. Horrible. And yes, mistakes were made. But people like John Bolton, who worked in the Donald Trump administration, say that the Afghanistan withdrawal was identical to what Donald Trump wanted to do, meaning the same thing would have happened under Donald Trump. Now, if you listen to MAGAs, and if you listen to people out there that don't know how to spell the word fact, the MAGA morons out there with an IQ under 20, they will lead you to believe that if Donald Trump 
was president of the United States, gold would come out of his ass. That's what you would that's what you would think if you speak to MAGA Republicans. Maybe it does. I don't know. But in all seriousness, it's a perfect example of hypocrisy. Why? The people out there, the MAGA Republicans out there that are attacking Joe Biden for getting these five Americans freed, which I think most of us would would want to celebrate, are the same people that kept their mouths shut back in 2020. What am I talking about? Well, the Trump administration negotiated a deal which saw 5,000 Taliban fighters freed in exchange for up to 1,000 Afghan government captives as part of a peace deal between the U.S. and Islamist militants. Now, I didn't hear any of those Republicans, MAGA Republicans, complaining about this deal. Let me repeat that. 5,000 Taliban terrorists were freed under Donald Trump. Now, if you ask Donald Trump, he'll lie and he'll deny. This deal happened. It happened. 5,000. Now, I wish the merchant of death was still behind bars, but that's what America needed to give up in order to get Brittany Griner home. I'm glad Brittany Griner is home. But again, all the MAGA Republicans out there that are upset that we released Brittany Griner, God forbid, a African-American who happens to be gay. I know many people on the far right don't like that very much, do they? All you bigots out there with your MAGA flags and Confederate flags. I guess in your world, they call you a patriot for doing that, right? So Joe Biden released, uh, got these Americans released. And many Republicans out there are very upset about that. But again, they weren't upset. They weren't upset when Donald Trump released 5,000 Taliban terrorists. Numbjack, what do we got? We got somebody on the phone who's, who's, who wants to file a complaint with me. Another MAGA moron. Tell me, who is it this time? People call up. They don't want to have a debate with me, but they want to bitch and moan and complain when I speak the truth. What do we got this time? So a dude just called and said, tell that dumbass on the radio that 13 people died, not 12. Okay, well, tell that dumbass to call back into the show, and I'm happy to have a debate with him. By the way, guaranteed it's a MAGA moron. Guaranteed. That's probably the same guy who thinks Donald Trump won the 2020 election, by the way. It's probably the same guy who quotes 2,000 mules, but he won't call back and have a debate with me. Oh, no. Oh, no. Whether it was 12, one person, 13 people, or 100 people, it's horrible. My point remains the same, if you're smart enough, sir, to understand it, which I'm not sure you are. The point I'm trying to make is, according to John Bolton, who worked in Donald Trump's administration, Donald Trump had the exact same policy for the Afghan withdrawal. And if you can put two and two together, and if you're smart enough, and again, I'm not sure you are, you would understand that the same thing would have happened under Donald Trump. But you're probably the same person who doesn't know that 5,000 Taliban terrorists were released under Donald Trump. We have the merchant of death that was released to get Brittany Griner home, and I'm sure people like you are up in arms about that, but not when Donald Trump releases 5,000 Taliban terrorists. Ladies and gentlemen, it is the definition of hypocrisy. That's exactly what it is. So no, sir, you're the dumbass. And you're a coward because you're not willing to have a debate with me. You want to bother my producer instead of having a conversation with me. You're a coward, just like many of you other MAGAs out there that aren't willing to have a conversation because you're not smart enough to. That's why. So, yes, I'm very happy that Joe Biden was able to get these five Americans released. 
that were illegally detained. I wish he didn't have to give up anything in return. Sometimes you have to do that to get people released. That's how it happens. You don't just bring people home and say, hey, I just picked up the phone. Donald Trump would lead you to believe that's how it happens because Donald Trump wants to lead idiots like you to believe that if he picked up the phone and called Vladimir Putin, the war would be over within 24 hours in Ukraine because you people are stupid. That's why you're dumb. So I want to play you what I believe is a really good, I guess you could call it commercial. And some of you might think that this is overblown, but it's not. These are extreme cases of what some Republicans want to do when it comes to abortion or canceling books or talking about erasing history when it comes to slavery or anti-Semitism and racism. This is a group called Mission Democracy. And I love this commercial because it speaks to all the topics that I talk about on this show. And some of you might think it's got some extreme views in it. Well, I'm going to play this for you, and then we're going to talk about it. This is Mission Democracy, and it's it's graphic, and I know you can't really you can't see the video, but I want you to hear the audio because it touches on all the topics that MAGA Republicans talk about. Have a listen to this. Wrong is just wrong. You know it when you see it. But it's by Toni Morrison. She won a Nobel Prize for literature. We know better. It's hard to know what to do. Easier to let it go. So you just kick the can down the road. Please, I didn't do anything wrong. It was a miscarriage. It's for the courts to decide, man. Wrong is wrong. But what can you do? They want you to think slavery was all bad, but slaves learned valuable skills, like being a black. That's racist and a lie. It's in the school curriculum, endorsed by our fine governor. It's ridiculous. What are you doing? Let's go. Let's go of me. Stop pushing me. Politicians who lie are manipulating you so they can gain or maintain power, turning families and friends against each other and often leading to violence. Surely you have to do something about that, don't you? Because if you keep kicking the can down the road, Eventually, you run out of road. Jews will not replace us! One people! One nation! And immigration! One soldier! Those are racist and Nazi slogans! Just stop! Haven't I seen you around town holding hands with another man? That's none of your business. I disagree. Jews will not replace us! This is America! Help stop MAGA Republican fascism before it's too late. Because the MAGA Republican vision of America is anti-American. Protect your freedom and our democracy by supporting Mission Democracy. Mission Democracy is responsible for the content of this. Amen. Amen. MAGA Republican fascism. Now tell me what's in that commercial that's not true. When we heard people in Charlottesville, and when I mean people, I use that term very loosely, white supremacists chanting blood and soil, Jews will not replace us. Took Donald Trump longer than 24 hours to denounce those statements. And then he said there were good people on both sides. No, no, sir. You are not a good person or in his term, good people. 
when you say Jews will not replace us blood and style holding tiki torches. That doesn't make you a good person. In fact, it's the opposite. It makes you a bigot and a racist. And then when you talk to Republicans about white supremacy, they'll say, well, who created the KKK 80 years ago? It was the Democrats. I'm not talking about 80 years ago. I'm talking about right now. Right now, your typical middle-aged white guy who happens to be a racist, who happens to be a Klan member, who's he going to vote for or she? They going to vote for Joe Biden or are they going to vote for Donald Trump? I think we all know the answer to that. Who's David Duke voting for? I'm talking about right now, the white supremacists in society right now holding those tiki torches, saying Jews will not replace us. Those aren't Democrats. Those aren't liberals. Those are MAGA Republican fascists. That's who they are. That's not Antifa. Those are Proud Boy members and Oath Keepers. Those aren't liberals. Do we live in a country where if a woman gets an abortion, you think that she should be prosecuted and go to jail? Is that the country that you want to live in? Historical books being banned in schools, is that the country that you want to live in? I understand. I don't think graphic books with graphic sexual content should be taught to children. By the way, they're not. Just because they're sitting in a library doesn't mean they're being taught to children. That's a lie. The people that you want to vote for are the people that are trying to make a positive spin on what slavery was. Oh, they learn this. They learn that. Is that the country that you want to live in? What's next? Are Republicans going to say that Jews learned wonderful things during Nazi Germany, during the Holocaust? I mean, really, what's next with these people? Those are MAGA Republican fascists is what they are. Is this the country that you want to live in? Democrats are not perfect. Need to be tougher on crime for starters. But where are these fringe groups coming from? These people that want to ban abortion across the country, they're nuts. These people that want to talk about Christianity and their religion, and they want to ambush you with judgments on you. And it's so perfect, right? Because in that commercial, when the guy in that commercial is, and there's a woman at that Klan rally, it says, I saw you holding hands with another man. What type of people in society are judgmental on others because of their sexuality? Could be transgenders, could be, could be gay, could be drag queen reading, uh, reading to children. What people in society have a problem with that? They ain't Democrats. They're not liberals. They're MAGA Republican fascists is what they are. They're Donald Trump supporters is what they are. I could care less what your sexuality is. I care how you treat me, and are you a decent human being? I don't care what your sexuality is. I don't care what you're attracted to. I don't care what's between your legs unless I'm dating you. <laughs> That's the truth. I don't care. I want you to live your life. I want you to have fun with your friends and family. Live a good life. I don't care what your sexuality is. I don't care what the color of your skin is. I don't care where you originally are from, I don't care. What I care about is if you're semi-intelligent, a decent human being, you treat others with respect. 
and you don't judge other people like so many on the far right do today. That's what I care about. Anybody who starts putting a positive spin on slavery is a racist bigot. But that's okay in our school curriculum, right? We can talk about slavery in the sense of here's what black people learned. Here's the trade that they learned, the skills that they learned. That's okay. But if you're Ron DeSantis, a teacher can't say it's okay to be gay. That can't be said. Oh, no, that's terrible. That's blasphemy. It's a sin. It's against my religion. Folks, do you understand the double standard that we're discussing here? Lauren Boebert, and we'll get to her maybe uh, in a little bit here, she wants to talk about her Christianity. She wants to talk about how she's a good Christian woman, yet she could rub some guy's genitalia in public on a first date. They're the biggest hypocrites in the world. In fact, I want to play you some of that now. We're going to have a little fun here because, as you know, Lauren Boebert, seen in a theater with uh, allegedly her first date, uh, a Democrat, by the way, who runs a bar that does LGBT events, which I applaud him for, by the way. She goes into this theater, starts rubbing his crotch, and he fondles her as well. By the way, there's children in this theater. There's children there. This wasn't a 21 and over, you know, play. There were kids in that theater. So they're, they're fondling each other inappropriately. Lewd conduct. She's vaping. She's recording the play, which you're not allowed to do. She's asked to leave. She refuses to leave until they uh, say they're going to call the police. Then as she's walking out, she flips them off, says she's going to talk to the mayor. Then the following day, she doesn't apologize. She says she wasn't vaping. Then a video surfaces proving that she is a complete liar. And then when she was forced to apologize, she does. Because Lauren Hobart is a despicable human being. She is trailer trash is what she is. She is scum of the earth. And she is the worst of what this country has to offer. Congratulations, those people in Colorado that voted for her. Congratulations. You must be very proud of yourself, just like the people that voted for Marjorie Taylor Greene. So here's Lauren Boebert yesterday. She was caught by the TMZ cameras. Uh, we'll do a little stop and go here where she's making excuses for her behavior. Have a listen to this. I know it's you know, been a rough week. Or has it been? Uh, you know, it's, um, it's always hard whenever um, there's gravity put on the voters. I'm here to provide levity and lift burdens off of people. So stop anytime that they're... Gravity on the voters? What the hell is she talking about? There wasn't gravity put on the voters. You're an idiot. You're the one who acted like a hoe in a theater. You're the one who was disrespectful. This has nothing to do with the voters. It has everything to do with you and your despicable behavior. There's no levity here. There's nothing funny about what you did. You acted like the hoe that you are. A despicable human being. Trailer trash. There's nothing funny about this. I'm here to provide levity and lift burdens off of people. So anytime that they're carrying mine, it's something that you know, I kind of feel deep inside. But ultimately, all future date nights have been canceled. And um, I learned to check party affiliations uh, before you go on a date. Uh, but all in all, um, you know, it was, uh, it was mostly a lovely time. And, you know, I've taken responsibility for my actions. No, you haven't. Um, no, you haven't. Know how the you, you, she hasn't taken any responsibility for her actions. The following day, she didn't apologize. She denied. And then when the video surfaces and it proves that she's a lying, 
I'm not even going to use the word I want to use because there's FCC violations, but it's a not so nice word directed towards women. I think you know the word I was going to use, which I rarely have ever used in my life, but I would use it towards Lauren Boebert. I think you know the word I'm talking about. It's four letters. Um, What is she talking about? And then she says, well, I better check the affiliation of, of, uh, uh, whether it's a Democrat or Republican, before I go on a first date with somebody. By the way, what a wonderful Christian woman. All you Christians out there that that preach and, and talk about being so wholesome and, and, and you're, you're a person of God and all that. Is that the way a good Christian woman should behave? You tell me. Grabbing a guy's crotch in public at a theater? Letting him fondle her boobs? Is that... Is that the way a good Christian woman? No. Let me tell you something. Lauren Boebert just said, says things. She doesn't act like that. That's not who she is. She says things when she attacks transgenders and the gay community. She says these things because she knows the base loves it. That's why. That's how she makes money. Somebody told me she's made it upwards of, uh, of like tens of millions of dollars since she's been in office because the red meat of the Republican Party loves Lauren Boebert. They love it. You think she cares about transgenders? You think she cares... If you're gay or not, probably not. But she says those things so that she can continue to get votes and so that she can continue to make money. She claimed that this was a first date, too. That's very wholesome, right? Very, very wholesome, because I'm sure Lauren Boebert's never had one night stands in her life. Go ahead. For my actions, I would love to know how the, the musical ended. And I encourage people to go and see it. But um, yeah, it, it was a great time back in the district seeing voters. And uh, so, how, how are the voters taking it? How are the voters taking it right now? Are they understanding at this moment? Yeah, there's a lot of folks who are certainly understanding. Um, there's not. They understand no, there's not. There's time. there's not a lot of folks that are understanding. Maybe a few, you ho. There's not. A, there's not a lot of folks that are understanding. The overwhelming majority of people in this country are disgusted by your by your whorish behavior they're disgusted by you and your lies this isn't about just breaking a rule this isn't about going into a theater and vaping you were touching another man's private parts in public and you're the same person that preaches transgenders are so bad indoctrinating our kids you're base you're you're basically having sex in a theater in public Great Christian values. But we, a lot of folks. we won't hear from the uh, Republican base, those that call themselves good Christians. We won't hear them calling out her behavior. Guarantee you that won't happen. They'll be obsessed with Hunter Biden's genitalia and the, and the laptop from hell. They'll talk about that. We'll, they'll talk about what Fetterman is wearing in office. We'll talk about that later. They'll talk about dress codes. And gender ideology, but they won't talk about Lauren Boebert's behavior. Let me remind all you guys, because this is why I get so pissed off about this stuff. Al Franken was outed out of office for an inappropriate picture. Now, he wasn't touching the female. He was pretending to touch the female. I think we all could agree it was inappropriate behavior, right? But he was outed out of office. The Democrats said, Franken, you're done. We want to out you out of office. You're done. Can you... Can you look at me with a straight face and tell me that what Lauren Boebert did wasn't as bad? That's absurd. She was basically performing a sexual act on a man in public in a theater. But Al Franken gets outed out of office. Now listen, I don't defend that picture, but Al Franken should not have been outed out of office. That shouldn't have happened. That was an overreaction. Was it inappropriate? Yes. 
Lauren Boebert should not be in Congress. Lauren Boebert should not be representing anybody. Anybody. She is disgusting in every sense of the word. Disgusting. Is there any more? Oh, God. Let's finish it. Who are certainly understanding, um, and they understand that it was a part of my my personal life, my private time, something that I rarely indulge in, and uh, yeah. And when when you say affiliation, as far as knowing that to date the opposite side, well, is, TMZ, I'm pretty sure you told the world I went on a date with a Democrat. <laughs> so, 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 so when when it comes like that, when those times when you when it no, he he was he's a wonderful man, and it was um, it was it was a great time to uh, to go out and have dinner, enjoy part of a show, and uh, yeah, now it's back to work. We're here in D.C. Okay, and focusing nope. on so is that is that day life is that over with him because of some people say because he he had a drag bar or his his yeah bar, no, his nothing, dad, nothing to do with anything or anybody reported but okay. honestly he's a private citizen and um, you know we we peacefully parted at this time uh, great man great friend and i wish him all the best okay so what's next for you what's next what's for next, me man, what's we, next got for a, you? we got a spending battle we got all sorts of stuff going on uh, we got impeachment underway uh i don't know how long we're going to be here one week three weeks four weeks i don't know uh so i've, I've told my boys to uh you know wait wait for mom and maybe if it's too long i'll bring them out here and we'll enjoy dc together all right back to business then. that's right yeah. all right thank Lots you so much work. yeah i've told my boys that their mother is a hoe yeah that's what's what she should say um, it's interesting, isn't it though? When it's their personal life, they refer to somebody as a private citizen. But when it comes to Hunter Biden, who by the way, is a private citizen, they want to investigate him, the laptop. Uh, let's talk about, you know, the indictments. Let's, let's, let's get Hunter in, in, behind bars, private citizen, but they don't want to use that term when it comes to Hunter Biden. But when it comes to Lauren Boebert's boyfriend or whoever he is, well, let's move on. He's a private citizen. You idiot, you clown, you dope. Lauren Bobert, ladies and gentlemen, or Lauren Hobart. Despicable human being. Welcome to one of the most popular faces of the Republican Party. Lauren Hobart. All you good MAGA Christians out there must be very proud. The Marjorie Taylor Greens of the world, the Lauren Hoberts of the world, Matt Gates, DUI Matt Gates, Gymnasium Jordan. Think about these people and the accusations and the way they've lived their lives. Matt Gates with his DUIs, Gymnasium Jordan, who I believe enabled sexual predators when he was a wrestling coach, Marjorie Taylor Greene, who harasses kids from the Parkland shooting and compares a child wearing a mask to Nazi Germany, Lauren Hobart. These are the faces of the Republican Party. You call yourself the party of faith? Law and order. How do you look at yourselves in the mirror? They're disgusting people who shouldn't be representing anybody because of the things they've said and the things they've done in their life. We're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, Lauren Boebert will be joining us. No, I'm just kidding. I wish that was the case, actually. Uh, former presidential candidate, a man that I actually have a little bit more respect for than Lauren Hobart. Former presidential candidate Joe Walsh will be joining us next. We'll take a quick break. We'll be back right after this. You're listening to Pushing the Limits right here on KSHP.
everybody. Are you struggling to find a pizza place that reminds you of Brooklyn? That true blue New York style pie? Well, worry no more. Stallone's Italian Eatery Pizza is a knockout. We're located at 467 East Silverado Ranch Boulevard, just off of Premier Road, half a mile east of South Point Casino, just minutes from the Las Vegas Strip. Come by and grab a slice of pie. Plus, check out our Brooklyn-inspired Italian cuisine. Our sandwiches are super hero, that is, because why be a sub when you can be a hero? Stallone's Italian Eatery is here to serve you phenomenal food, Vegas. Forget about it. It's Brian Shapiro from Pushing the Limits here. I want to tell you guys about my good friends at the Postal Annex. They have a notary signing agent on-site daily, no appointment needed, and they offer a full-scale printing services from shipping labels to documents, business cards, banners, photos, and business signage. They're your passport service headquarters. They offer passport photos, and they can renew your adult passports. If you're traveling in a hurry, they can get those passports to you within seven days or less. Mailbox rentals with a physical street address, and they also receive your packages from Amazon, UPS, FedEx, USPS, and more. Here's the best part. If you're a Pushing the Limits listener, they have an introductory rate of only 39 bucks for a three-month service. You can't beat it. Give them a call. 702-873-8005. Check them out at 6130 West Flamingo Road. It's the Postal Annex. Tell them I sent you. Buying or selling a home is a huge life event that requires guidance from an expert in the industry and community. My name is Blake Wynn. You may recognize my name as my grandfather was the best governor the state of Nevada has ever had. Growing up in Las Vegas, I've come to know this community intricately. Now, I am raising a family here as well. So I understand all the issues impacting our home and quality of life. As the top realtor for the number one real estate team at Keller Williams, you can have confidence in my experience, knowledge, and track record. When it comes to buying, selling, or investing in real estate, choose a name you can trust and someone who understands the community you call home. Call Blake Gwynn today and experience the difference of a trusted expert. 702-540-3311. Hey everybody, it's Brian Shapiro from Pushing the Limits. I want to tell you guys about Sahara West Urgent Care and Wellness. They're conveniently located on the southwest corner of Sahara and Jones. They're open Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. and Saturday, 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. At Sahara West Urgent Care, they'll take care of all your healthcare needs. They offer routine services such as physicals, STD testing, car accident treatment and work injuries, you name it, they do it. They have on-site x-ray, EKG, ultrasound and labs. They treat chronic conditions such as asthma, blood pressure, diabetes and more. They also offer general wellness exams, treatments such as testosterone enhancement and cancer screening. They're located on Sahara, 6125 West Sahara Avenue. Their number is 702-248-0554. And the best part, they accept most major insurances and affordable cash pay prices. Office visits starting at just $95. And I'm also a client. So please give them a call, 702-248-0554. All right, welcome back. It is... uh pushing the limits on a Tuesday. Thank you so much for joining us. We're going to get to this Fetterman story here in a little bit, but uh, enough about Lauren. Uh, Lauren Bobert, Lauren Hobert. I'm sorry. I keep getting her name wrong. I keep pronouncing it wrong. I apologize. Anyway, welcome back to the show. There's so much going on in the world, so much going on politically in this country with a impeachment inquiry into Joe Biden. 
but are politicians in Washington really doing things to, 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 to really help the American people? Well, one person that I respect his opinion very much, so a friend of the show, always loving having former presidential candidate Joe Walsh, who's, I believe, on a train right now, is nice enough to be uh, calling into the show. Joe, thanks for coming on. How are you? Hey, Brian, good to be with you. Even though I'm a little more quiet, uh, I'm every bit as pissed off about things as I ordinarily am. I'm going to pretend like you're in a library. Uh, but, uh, uh-oh, I think, uh, I think I hear a public announcement on the train right now. Um, I'm fine. Okay. So, Joe, I want to start. Let's start with something a little more lighthearted, but also serious. Lauren yeah. Bobert, what do you make of this situation with her in this theater? Then uh, lies and says she's not vaping. The video comes out. And it's just business as usual, back to work, and the Republicans don't seem to be doing anything about it. What do you make of her behavior? She's a goof. She's an ignorant, young, uh, grifting opportunist who's dishonest. Uh, She fits right in with this party. This is Donald Trump's party. So there are so many of them, Brian, who imitate Trump uh, because they've looked at Trump over the last few years, and they've seen everything he's gotten away with. So it really has seeped down to a lot of these Republicans. They think they can do whatever they want as well. I, I think about Al Franken, Joe, and, and, and I, I think of how the Democrats kind of outed him out for that inappropriate picture. And I say to myself, that's nothing compared to some of the behavior of some of these Republicans today. Would you agree with that? Yes, I would. And I was mad at the time because I think the Democrats treated Franken unfairly. But yeah, in this party now, with Trump as their leader, there are zero standards. Yeah, I, I tend to agree with anything, you. And it doesn't matter. Yeah, I agree 100%. So I, I went on I, your Twitter page today, uh, Joe, as I do every day. You're an unbelievable follow. And you played this, I guess you could call it, not really a commercial, but it, it, it Mission Democracy, the video that you posted and you retweeted on your Twitter page, and it talks about abortion and, right, and canceling and books, and it talks about, you know, racism and the history, you know, of slavery, and uh, it is a scary video, but also rings true to the MAGA Republicans today, does it not? I'll tell you what, Brian, uh, the organization is called Mission Democracy. Check them out, missiondemocracy.org. I'm involved with them. My former political party has been taken over. You and I have talked about this by an intolerant authoritarian virus. We throw the word fascism around a lot. Look, I come from MAGA. I helped give birth to MAGA. MAGA is a fascist movement. It's undemocratic. A movement that would ban books, uh, deny election results, and embrace white nationalism is a fascist movement. And I think the country needs to wake up to this. I agree. I agree with you 100%. Listen, you've worked with people like Jim Jordan and Kevin McCarthy. We, we talk about this stuff all the time. What did you make of McCarthy's, I guess you could call it, speech press conference where he announced the in, uh, inquiry into Joe Biden's impeachment? What do you make of this whole situation? I know McCarthy well. Every time he speaks, Brian, I know he doesn't believe a word that he's saying. Kevin McCarthy doesn't want an impeachment inquiry. Kevin McCarthy doesn't want to shut down the government. He doesn't want any of this stuff, but he has to because it's Trump's. One thing I got to say, Brian, your audience needs to understand this. I've been doing a lot of TV lately and I've been, and a lot of the people on TV have been talking about the handful of MAGA crazies in the house. It's not a handful. 
BS on that. It's not Marjorie and a handful. The vast majority of the House Republican caucus is MAGA. Uh, Again, the country needs to understand this. Joe, why? Why are so many people out there still kissing the ring of Donald Trump? Are they afraid of him? Do they feel like they're they're not going to be in power anymore if they speak out against Trump? Why? Well, yeah, and yeah, and yeah. (laughs) Because if if you speak out against him, you'll end up like me. And you'll never be able to run for office again, and you'll lose your radio show and all the rest. It's too late, though, Brian, because it's, it's metastasized beyond Trump. Remember, the vast majority of Republican voters don't believe Trump lost. The vast majority of Republican voters want Biden impeached. Mm-hmm. So these Republicans are just doing what their base wants. That's the scary truth. Just joining us, former presidential candidate Joe Walsh uh, on the line with us right now. Joe, what did you make of that Meet the Press interview? I, I thought Welker didn't do a great job. I think it's an extremely difficult interview with Donald Trump, and I'll defend her there. But with that being said, I don't think he was challenged enough. What did you make of that interview? Pretty simple, my friend. If you're going to interview Donald Trump and you do not in real time fact check him, you're doing the country a great disservice. Full stop. When you sit down with him, Brian, and look, you got to interview him. He's going to be the Republican nominee. He's got a great chance of being president again. But you have to fact check him in real time. Mm. And she didn't, and most of them don't. Do you think uh, they're going to replace her? I know she just started on Meet the Press. I don't know what your thoughts were on Chuck Todd, but... Uh, Do you think she's the right person for that job? I guess that's my question. I don't know enough about her. I've been with her before. I've I've been in discussions with her. I just, I I think she's like so many of this new breed of journalists, Brian, that just doesn't recognize the moment we're in. And they're a little too caught up in doing other things besides really just drilling down and going after the truth. I feel like she treated him like he was just a normal politician, just a regular guy. And you can't approach Donald Trump that way because he's not. And I felt like she was interviewing him like she was interviewing, uh, you know, Mitt Romney. And, and I, that just can't happen, in my opinion. And like, I, I don't know what you thought, but I always thought that Caitlin Collins during that CNN town hall a while back, I thought she did a better job Agree. than Kristen Walker did. She, Welker did. She at least tried to catch Trump in his lies. Look, Brian, it's you've got to treat him normal in this respect. He's going to be the Republican Party nominee, but you can't treat him normal because he's a pathological liar. Yeah. And, and again, I, I fall back on this. It's a disservice to the nation if you don't fact check him in real time. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I could not agree with you more. What is something you want to see in this next presidential debate, Joe? I don't think I've ever asked you that. In debate number two, what is something you'd like to see from a candidate? Obviously, we're going to assume Donald Trump's not going to be there. But what is something you want to see from maybe a specific candidate or candidates that maybe you didn't see in that first debate? Brian, the only thing I'd like to see is something I'm not going to see. When they ask that question again, would you vote for Donald Trump if he's a convicted felon? I'd like everybody not to raise their hand and say no. Yeah. And you're, and you're right. That, that's, that's probably not going to happen because they're cowards. Uh, I know you wouldn't raise your hand, Joe. I know that for sure. And I know there are others out there maybe that are not running that wouldn't hey, raise their hand either. 
And, and look, again, Trump will win that next debate. Uh, and I, I actually think, I don't know how it'll turn out, Brian, but I think it's a brilliant move of him to go to Michigan and get himself in front of, of a bunch of these union auto workers. Again, I, he, he's just a, a demagogue, but that's a smart move by him. Yeah, I, I tend to agree with you there. Uh, I want to ask you this before I let you go, Joe. I love your podcast, White Flag. Uh, wh- what kind of guest shows you got coming up there? Uh, you always have great guests. Uh, what guests you got coming up on White Flag? I'm going to sit down with a guy named Marcus Flowers, Brian, who was the black Georgian who took on Marjorie Taylor Greene two years ago and lost. Wow. Uh, he and I are very different, and we're going to sit down and talk about where both parties are at. It should be interesting. Oh, I can't wait. One of my favorite podcasts around White Flag with Joe Walsh. Joe, you're always one of my favorite guests. Appreciate you coming on, and uh, we'll talk to you soon, my friend. Enjoy the rest of that train ride wherever you're going. <laughs> Sorry about the choo-choo train ride. Oh, thanks. All good. Thanks, Joe. Appreciate that. Thanks. Uh, Joe's the best. I love having that guy on, man. Such a smart guy. Used to be a MAGA Republican. Let me remind you. Similar to Chris Christie, but Joe Walsh didn't change his mind because he wanted to make money. Joe Walsh didn't pull a Candace Owens and decided to become a Republican so that she could sell her stupid books. No. And there are people in society that have done that. And I've interviewed some of them. Leo 2.0. He's not Leo 2.0. Leo Terrell is still a Democrat, but he uses Republican talking points so he can make more appearances on Fox News, become more popular, and make money. Larry Elder used to be a moderate, middle-of-the-road guy. Decided, I'm not going to make any money in talk radio unless I turn into a conservative because I'm black, and a black conservative means money in this country right now if you say outlandish things. That's what Elder does. Nothing funny, uh, nothing, nothing phony, I should say, about Joe Walsh. I don't agree with Liz Cheney, but she's not phony. She did the right thing. Costed her her political career. Same thing with Mitt Romney. I do want to open up the phone lines at 702-221-7283. Boy, we've talked about a lot. We just interviewed former presidential candidate Joe Walsh talked a little bit about Lauren Hobart and her despicable behavior. And we'll now take some phone calls. Again, that number is 702-221-7283. As I always take phone calls from people that agree or disagree, and I'm happy to do so. 702-221-7283, the number to call. Let's start off with Patrick. Hi, Patrick. What's going on? Hey, Brian. Um, I want to talk about a, a talk that uh, Biden took from uh, the White House back in April of 22 when he announced that he was signing a request from Congress to authorize critical security, economic, and humanitarian assistance uh, to help Ukraine. And he added to that that uh, it's also going to help schools and hospitals open, and it's going to allow pensions and social support to be paid to the Ukraine people so they have something. And uh, USAID said it has so far provided $13 billion in direct budget support to the government of Ukraine. And as of right now, November 30th, excuse me, as of November 30th, 2022, they have given $4 billion in support of Ukraine's pension funds. And uh, they also say they're paying the salaries of 618,000 educators, 517,000 health workers, 56,000 first responders. They're going to sustain, they're going to help uh, sustain 
services and meet the pension responsibilities for 9.8 million people and assist 1.3 million people in turning who have been displaced okay, I get and it. provide housing to 4.1 million people. I get it. I get it. You're I, I get it. Okay, let me, in, let me people with disabilities. Okay, so that's so, a lot of dollars. Okay, so Patrick. So I, I do get, believe you owe JD an apology for calling him a liar and an idiot. Okay. Uh, first of all, I owe nobody an apology. Uh, that's you number you're one. Not an, you're not okay. an honest player. You we go, all know that. Okay. Okay. Name me. Okay. So name me one thing I've ever said on this show that is dishonest. Just the other day, you cut a video with JD calling him a liar, saying yeah, that we're not sending dollars to Ukraine. Okay. And we are sending okay. billions so, so of dollars let me, let me, in direct okay, so let me, support to the okay, government. Okay. So now of let Ukraine. me respond to that. First of all, that is not, yeah, a, first of all, okay. Now it's my chance to talk. First of all, he phrased it as sending $100 bills to the Ukraine. That is not factually accurate, and that is a lie. That's number one. Number two, people like you have a problem with the aid that we sent to the Ukraine. Now, if you want to have a conversation about, geez, I think we're sending too much over there, that's a conversation I'm willing to have. But somebody we like... We can't even get you to okay, admit that we're doing Sir, it. I'm not Brian, done talking yet. Sir, I'm not... Funds. Sir, if you'd like to have a conversation, you talk and then I talk. I gave you plenty of time. Now it's my turn. <laughs> now, if you... I don't know why you're, you're laughing. Are you not capable of having well, an intelligent we, conversation? We agree that we bailed out their pension funds. It was, Are it you going to let me finish my point? I'm going to ask you a question now because you went down a list and I oh, know you think you're really smart because you went down your Google list of the aid that we sent to the Ukraine. Yes. That doesn't make Distract you smart. That's number you, one. You don't number two, want to admit that we're sending billions of dollars over there. Okay. First of all, when have I never admitted that we haven't sent billions of dollars over there? Literally everything out of your mouth is a mischaracter. Pot him down. Hey. You're not going to. This is why I pod you down. You claim that I say things on this show that I have never said. So let me say this very slowly so somebody like you can understand. I've never said that we haven't sent billions of dollars of aid to Ukraine. That is actually true. We have sent that. So don't put words in my mouth and claim that that makes you a liar, sir. Don't do that. I'm happy to have a conversation with you, but you always seem to misquote and claim that I say things on this show that I don't say, and then you called me dishonest. You can disagree with the things I say on this show. That's fine. I have no problem with it. But I have never lied to listeners. I've never lied on the air in my 20-year radio career, and you have just proven that you just lied yourself. I never said that we haven't sent billions of aid to the Ukraine. Where do you get that from, and now would you like to apologize to me? So wait, wait. So you're we have, in what world do you live in that the only way of sending aid would be buckets of dollars or just that's not like how did, it I, works. We've sent them for artillery and, and weaponry. He was saying we're not we're not saying that they're sending hundred dollar bills over to Ukraine. They're 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 injecting their Ukraine government with taxpayer okay. dollars. Now you disagree. You think we've sent them too much in aid. I'm not going to get into the weeds with you, but now I'm going to ask you a question. Hey, that's not what I said. Now that's I'm going to I ask said. you a question. That's not what, what would I you have done? Would you have just thrown your hands in the air if Patrick is the president of the United States and say, hey, that's between Ukraine and Vladimir Putin and Russia, and you wouldn't help at all? What would you do if you were president? Go. Well, I, I would I would reduce the sanctions, first of all, on Russia. You think reducing? Uh, okay, pot them down, actually, pot them down, pot them down. One thing at a time. You think reducing sanctions would have stopped Vladimir Putin from invading another country and killing thousands and thousands of innocent people? You just, let's go one at a time. You think sanctions would have ended this war? Are you nuts? 
Go ahead. Sanctions are, sanctions are an act of war. The sanctions cause war. Sanctions. So what do sanction? Exactly what so happened. what sanction as Patrick, the president of the United States, you think would have deterred Vladimir Putin from invading another country? Go. You remove the sanctions, smart guy. An act of war causes war. Look at Japan. So you think removing the sanctions would have? So you think it would have been that easy if Patrick, the president of the United God, States, removed? removed don't God, don't man. God me. You're unbelievable. You're another MAGA Republican dope. Don't, don't. Oh God me. You haven't hey, hey, said hey, one so we real all thing. We agree, though, that we, we bailed out the pension funds of Ukraine. We agree with that, right? I haven't heard one reasonable thing that you've brought up that would have ended this <laughs> war. Not one reasonable thing. Keep laughing with your stupid Tucker I'll, Carlson I'll try laugh. I'm trying to acknowledge the fact that we're bailing out the Ukraine government. You haven't you answered my question. You haven't answered my question because you have no idea what you're talking about. We're not sending $100 t- bills so, over there. So sanctions. Yes, we're not sending $100 so, bills over there, but we're wiring them billions So what would you do? So, so I want to know, this is a typical MAGA Republican where you bitch and complain, but you have no solutions to any of the yeah. real problems. So I ask you again I, I now for a third. Oh, so sanctions. You, you removed the, the dumbest sanctions. thing I've ever heard in my life. Okay. Stop allowing oh, for the bombing got of you. people. Let him down again. So Vladimir Putin is just going to end this war if we remove sanctions. Vladdy's just going to say, hey, you know what? Patrick, the, the MAGA president of the United States, oh my God, those sanctions are going to be removed. So I better withdraw all my troops out of Ukraine. You might be the dumbest person I've ever heard in my life. You want to complain about Joe Biden. You want to complain about the aid that we sent to the Ukraine so that they can defend themselves. But in return, what would you do? Let's get rid of those sanctions. It's the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my life. I'm glad you're not the president. Well, you do realize that the West is losing trillions of dollars and Russia is gaining billions. So boy, am I glad. Boy, am I. There's Patrick, the, the professional when it comes to foreign policy. Is there anything else you'd like to bring up besides sanctions that you think would have deterred uh, Vladimir hey, Putin from invading, from uh, invading yes. Ukraine? Yes. It's the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my life. What's dumb about what? What is dumb? Give is that the only Being thing you would do? That's it. Okay. So what if Vlad, what country it, is dumb? So what if it didn't That's work? Crazy. What You're if liberal? Okay. What limits are you pushing? Okay. You push again, pot him down again. Again, dumbbell. I'm not a liberal. I'm a registered independent who did not vote for Barack Obama or Hillary Clinton. I voted for eight Republicans in the 2022 midterms. Now I'd never, I'd never vote for a moron like you. Because you have crap for brains. You know nothing about foreign policy. And let me ask you this question. If Patrick was the president, which you never will be, you couldn't even be the president of your own home. But if Patrick was the president and you said sanctions, let's get rid of those sanctions. And Vladimir Putin said, nope, I'm still invading the country. That's not a deterrent for me. What else would you do, smart guy? I would, I would have NATO, the war machine, back up back up off, off where they are. I'm, I want diplomacy. I want people to come to a table and say, what can we do to end all of this death and and in what and in, and name me one time in history where Vladimir Putin came to the table and negotiated in good faith? Give me one example, please. Why you would think that would work? Give me one, smart guy. Hey, Putin and Russia don't have a, a tendency of invading. That wasn't nations. my question. That wasn't my question, Patrick. I need to say it again so you can <laughs> pot him down again. Pot him down again because I don't want to hear his stupid Tucker Carlson maga laugh. I'm going to ask you again. You just said you would go to the table. And negotiate. Now I'm asking you. It's a very simple question. Give me one time where Vladimir Putin negotiated at the table and negotiated in good faith. Because when you make a statement like that, there has to be history behind it. Has Vladimir Putin ever negotiated with anybody in good faith? Yes or no? And give me an example. 
why, why would he have the, the reason to negotiate when he has? Why would he no, have the reason no, to negotiate? You're the dumbbell that just said we need to sit at the table and negotiate. Now you're telling me why would he negotiate? Do you realize how stupid I, you sound, Patrick? You have you have heard of diplomacy, right? Practicing diplomacy and you, trying to end. Okay, the, the so I'm asking you a question. Let's talk about diplomacy right. in the history of the world and Russia and Vladimir Putin. You have to talk to your. I am asking guy. you: In what time did Vladimir Putin ever? Show that he was willing to negotiate in good faith. Why won't you answer right. that question, you want to dummy? Go to World War Three over Ukraine? Is that what you want to do? You Why don't you, you answer my question, dumbbell? Notice how he won't answer. Pot him down again. Notice how he won't answer my question. See, this is a typical MAGA Republican, Patrick. I'm keeping you on the line because you're exposing yourself for how ignorant you are. Oh, okay, this is a perfect agree. example. Perfect example, Patrick. You complain about Joe Biden. You complain about Ukraine, but yet you have no solutions. The only thing you've said about solutions on how to end this war, we need to go to the table and negotiate. And then when I ask you, has Vladimir Putin ever negotiated ever in good faith? Obviously, the answer is no. But yet you still think you can somehow negotiate with a, with an evil, murderous dictator. Go ahead, Patrick. Spew some more dumbbell uh, MAGA Republican talking points. Go ahead. You don't want to talk to Putin. You just want to have World War III. You want to go. You want I to don't want to, to talk war. to. All right, Patrick, I'm glad you're not the president. You obviously have no idea what you're talking about when the foreign affairs. But you know what, Patrick? You can call back anytime because hey, I, I always all you enjoy. Do is I always you enjoy destroying. Yeah. All, all I do. Okay. Okay. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Put him down. Hold on. All I do is insult. Patrick, can you tell me who you voted for in the last two presidential elections? Why is that relevant Answer, to a conversation? Because all because Donald, because, I'll tell you why. On. Because you're complaining about insults, and why don't you answer the question? Who did you I'm, vote I'm, for? Hey, I'm complaining about both parties. You voted both for Donald. Oh, get lost. Get lost. You're complaining about both parties. You've never criticized a Republican your whole life, and then you want to tell me about insult. You want to you want to talk to me about? Oh, don't insult me, you snowflake. You voted for Donald Trump twice, you MAGA moron. Get off my show. We have John on the line. Hi, John. How are you? Hey, Brian. Let me see if I can help you here a little bit. Uh, first of all, Patrick, uh, uh, I got uh, 100 bucks that says uh, you have no more than five teeth. That's it. Uh, that, that's, uh, I got 100 bucks. No more than five teeth, period. Look, we're not supporting Ukraine uh, for them. We're supporting Ukraine for us. And, and the, the godfather of this party, the Republican Party, is Ronald Reagan. Ronald Reagan was the person who tore down the, uh, the Berlin Wall. I voted for Ronald Reagan. Ronald Reagan would slap you in the face, Patrick, if you, if you, if you were in his presence. The, the Cold War was an incredible drain on this country. And it was an arms race with Russia. And I remember as a child going to school and having to get under my desk practicing bomb uh, drills, bomb raid drills, because we were worried that Russia was going to uh, start a war with us. There's a, such a thing called the Cuban Missile Crisis, okay? Russia tried to bring nuclear weapons within 90 miles of the United States of America. Russia has a history of aggression and expansionism. And Vladimir Putin is absolutely trying to reunify, recreate the Soviet Union, which Ronald Reagan 
and Gorbachev. So, so John, brilliantly. John, I agree with everything you're saying. I just want to ask you something. When I ask people like Patrick, MAGA Patrick, uh, what would you do differently if you were president? The only thing he brought up is he talked about getting rid of sanctions, which would not deter Vladimir Putin one bit. It's the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my life. And then the second thing he says is we need to negotiate. We need to talk to Vladimir Putin. And my question to him was, in the history of Putin running that country, has he ever negotiated in good faith with anybody? Now, of course, to anybody who has an IQ over 20, the answer is no. But somehow Patrick thinks it's that easy where we could just make a phone call and say, hey, Vladdy, let's just sit down and talk it out like that would work. It's it, That's the typical MAGA Republican. They have no uh, answers on, or solutions to any of the problems, but all they want to do is bitch and complain. That, that he's just parroting what Trump said. That's not a solution. And like I was saying, Vladimir Putin's goal is to rebuild the Soviet Union that the godfather of the Republican Party, Ronald Reagan and Mikhail Gorbachev, tore down. But the, the main point I want to make is this. I just did a quick Google search. The cost of the Cold War to America was between eight and nine trillion dollars, okay? Trillion with a T. And I can tell you there was much anxiety uh, involved throughout that entire process. There was palpable fear in America that we were going to enter World War III with Russia. So this pittance that we're sending to the Ukraine is, you know, 10, 20 billion, whatever it is. It is a pittance compared to what we spent on the Cold War, and not a single American has died. Joe Biden is a frickin', he's a Jedi war, he's a mastermind. He is playing Ukraine perfectly. He has Putin in a box, and this little pathetic clown, Patrick, who's pretending to, I, I guarantee, Patrick, you didn't go to college. I guarantee you, I'll bet you, I'll bet you, you do, do not have a college degree. All you're doing is parroting what you heard on radical right media, trash outlets. You have no solution. Putin is not going to sit down and negotiate with you. He's an expansionist person. He's trying to reunify the Soviet Union. You're a fool. You're a moron. You should be embarrassed of yourself, Pat. Uh, I, I am embarrassed for him, John, and it's it's good to hear from you. It's been a while. I appreciate you calling in, John. Uh, have a good one, my friend. We'll talk to you soon. All right, Brian. All right, take care. John's 100. I don't know about the teeth. You know, I've had teeth issues of my own, but I'm not a MAGA. All right. Well... I, I, there is one good positive to all of this. Patrick isn't running the country. Thank God. Hey, I want to tell you guys about my good friends, Jackson's Bar and Grill, located at Flamingo and Jones. Uh, great atmosphere over there. Great food, great gaming, great place to watch the game. And uh, they got some great promotions this month, too. Every Wednesday, chance to spin the wheel to win up to $3,000 multiple times if you earn enough points, which is not too difficult to do. You Check with them for more details. But great promotions, especially on Sundays. Uh, Jackson's Bar and Grill, located at Flamingo and Jones. Please check them out. Great food, great atmosphere, and tell them I sent you. We'll take a quick break. When we come back, switch topics here. Phil Mickelson is admitting that he's been a compulsive gambler for a very long time. You're not going to believe that the amounts of money that he's gambled. And uh, what is he doing about it? Well, we'll talk to uh, Dennis Silvers, the golf guru, joining us in studio next about that and much, much more. You're listening to Pushing the Limits right here on KSHP. Unscaled. 
with Jeremy Lowe. Saturday afternoons at 2 on KSHP North Las Vegas. AM and FM. K296HP North Las Vegas. And KSHP.com. Hey, everybody. Are you struggling to find a pizza place that reminds you of Brooklyn? That true blue New York style pie? Well, worry no more. Stallone's Italian Eatery Pizza is a knockout. We're located at 467 East Silverado Ranch Boulevard, just off of Premier Road, half a mile east of South Point Casino, just minutes from the Las Vegas Strip. Come by and grab a slice of pie. Plus, check out our Brooklyn-inspired Italian cuisine. Our sandwiches are super hero, that is, because why be a sub when you can be a hero? Stallone's Italian Eatery is here to serve you phenomenal food, Vegas. Forget about it. Everybody, it's Brian Shapiro from Pushing the Limits here. I want to tell you guys about my good friends at the Postal Annex. They have a notary signing agent, on-site daily, no appointment needed, and they offer a full-scale of printing services from shipping labels to documents, business cards, banners, photos, and business signage. They're your passport service headquarters. They offer passport photos, and they can renew your adult passports. If you're traveling in a hurry, they can get those passports to you within seven days or less. Mailbox rentals with a physical street address, and they also receive your packages from Amazon, UPS, FedEx, USPS, and more. Here's the best part. If you're a Pushing the Limits listener, they have an introductory rate of only 39 bucks for a three-month service. You can't beat it. Give them a call. 702-873-8005. Check them out at 6130 West Flamingo Road. It's the Postal Annex. Tell them I sent you. Buying or selling a home is a huge life event that requires guidance from an expert in the industry and community. My name is Blake Wynn. You may recognize my name as my grandfather was the best governor the state of Nevada has ever had. Growing up in Las Vegas, I've come to know this community intricately. Now, I am raising a family here as well. So I understand all the issues impacting our home and quality of life. As the top realtor for the number one real estate team at Keller Williams, you can have confidence in my experience, knowledge, and track record. When it comes to buying, selling, or investing in real estate, choose a name you can trust and someone who understands the community you call home. Call Blake Gwynn today and experience the difference of a trusted expert. 702-540-3311. Hey everybody, it's Brian Shapiro from Pushing the Limits. I want to tell you guys about Sahara West Urgent Care and Wellness. They're conveniently located on the southwest corner of Sahara and Jones. They're open Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. and Saturday, 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. At Sahara West Urgent Care, they'll take care of all your health care needs. They offer routine services such as physicals, STD testing, car accident treatment and work injuries. You name it, they do it. They have on-site x-ray, EKG, ultrasound, and labs. They treat chronic conditions such as asthma, blood pressure, diabetes, and more. They also offer general wellness exams, treatments such as testosterone enhancement, and cancer screening. They're located on Sahara, 6125 West Sahara Avenue. Their number is 702-248-0554. And the best part, they accept most major insurances and affordable cash pay prices. Office visits starting at just $95. And I'm also a client. So please give them a call, 702-248-0554. 
The National Atomic Testing Museum is a national science, history, and educational institution that tells the story of America's nuclear weapons testing program at the Nevada test site. Located at 755 East Flamingo Road, just east of Paradise, the museum offers immersive, interactive experts for guests of all ages. The museum is Smithsonian certified and open seven days a week. For more information, visit nationalatomictestingmuseum.org. That's nationalatomictestingmuseum.org. When you bring your vehicle to Star Auto Care for Maintenance, you'll have a team of professionals at your service. Every one of our technicians has been factory trained and master status certified to ensure that you receive the highest quality and most effective service. Star Auto Care is located at 3540 East Tropicana Avenue, just east of Pecos. Star Auto Care is confident in their prices and will match any mechanic located within 20 miles. Bring your vehicle in today and let Star Auto Care give you the peace of mind you deserve when you service your car. Visit them online at starautocare.us. Whether you're a corporate executive, on a family vacation, or just passing through, St. George Inn & Suites will meet your specific needs. It's conveniently located near restaurants, shopping, and movie theaters. St. George Inn & Suites offers a variety of room types, two fabulous pools and jacuzzis, a fitness center, a free full hot buffet breakfast, and laundry facilities. To make your booking, call 435-673-6661 or book online at stgeorgeinnhotel.com. You need to stop in Southern Utah? Make that stop at St. George Inn & Suites. STN Sports is the only sports betting app you need this season. STN Sports has it all. In-play betting, mobile parlay cards, the Play Plus card to fund and withdraw from anywhere in Nevada, and the latest lines on every game. STN Sports even lets you earn rewards on every bet. Safe and easy betting from your phone or tablet. Go to StationCasinoSports.com or sign up at any Station Casino, Fiesta Wildfire, or the El Cortez. Details at the Sportsbooks. Pushing the limits on a Tuesday. You know, me and my guests, we were just talking a little bit about uh, COVID. Well, it doesn't matter whether you think you have COVID or not, or you're sick, you might have the flu, whatever the case is. Sahara West Urgent and Primary Care, man, they're the best over there. Andrew and Jessica will take care of you. They're located at 6125 West Sarah Avenue. No appointment needed. They take most insurances. If you don't have insurance, only a $95 copay. How can you how can you beat that? Give them a call, 702-248-0554. You could also visit them online at saharawesturgentcare.com is the number. Well, it's been a little while since we had this guy in studio. I always like mixing it up with him. We could be talking about politics. We could be talking about golf. He is active within the Republican Party and does his own show, does politics, talks golf, talks a little bit of everything. And he was even nice enough to bring his little dog uh, Mulligan in. Uh, what a great name for a dog if you're a golfer, I got to say, because we all love Mulligans, right? Uh, unless you're playing for money against me, then you ain't getting a Mulligan. <laughs> but anyway, Dennis Silvers is joining us in studio. Dennis, it's good to see you, my glad, friend. Always glad to be here, Brian. Always glad to see you guys. Enjoy coming in and uh, looking forward to a great show. Yeah. So let me start with something a little bit more lighthearted. Okay. We're going to get into the Phil Mickelson story, uh, which is very interesting. I want to get your thoughts on that, the gambling, and it's it's Vegas related in some ways. Let me start with something a little more lighthearted. While I think it is it is serious and pathetic, it is kind of funny too. Uh, Lauren Hobart, as I like to call her. I'm sorry. Her name's Lauren Bobert. I called her Lauren Hobart. And Bobert. I, I just mispronounced her name. I'm really bad with names. But what did you make of this story of her in a theater with her boyfriend, uh, rubbing his crotch, uh, vaping, 
flipping off security, and then it's right back to business. Like, what do you what do you make of politicians in general acting this way? I don't think it should matter whether you're a Republican or a Democrat. Oh, but, I I, yeah. I totally agree, but you're forgetting one thing. What's that? I'm on the board of directors, <laughs> right? She said that, and yeah. they found out that was nothing but BS, but it was ridiculous. <laughs> very, very uncalled for, especially if you're a politician, somebody that's a public figure, somebody that's in the public eye, give me a break. And, you know, I, 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 we just had Joe Walsh on last uh, hour, you know, ran for president, congressman out of Chicago. And I said, do you remember what happened to Al Franken? And I think Al Franken's a little pompous at times. Uh, oh, yeah. Oh, but yeah. whether you agree or not with his politics. Okay, so he has that picture where he's pretending to grope a woman's breast. Mm-hmm. Inappropriate. I think mm-hmm. we all could say it's inappropriate and it's beneath office, you know, uh, for anybody. But Democrats outed him for that. They outed him for that. Yeah. I would argue that what Boebert's behavior is 10 times worse. Yeah. She's literally performing a sexual act and, 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 and grabbing a guy in public. There's kids there. And just her behavior in general, why don't Republicans do the same thing that Democrats do? Get them out of office. Well, you know, it, you know, she missing the boat by not realizing, or maybe she does. Yeah. And she just doesn't care. She is representing a lot of people. Right. Correct. And she has, for lack of a better term, an image to keep up. And you've got to kind of be, you know, proper in what you're doing. Uh, you are a politician. You are known. You are representing this country in a sense. And I agree what she did and to make such a big deal of it on the way out, like kicking and screaming, uncalled for. Yeah, I just think it's do you think she should still be in office or should they out her? That's a good question. That's I mean, a they good did question. did it to Al Franken. That's why I asked yeah. the question. They did it to Al Franken. Um, if that's the standard, then then I don't think she should be representing anybody. That's just my personal opinion. I would say that, you know, if you're the CEO of a company here, let's just say, and you you behave like that, they'll fire you. Oh, yeah. In a you minute. Know? In yeah. a minute. And, and this should be even more important. You're, In a minute. You're an elected official. Yeah. 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 All right. So we agree on that. Uh, we wish Lauren Hobart the best, by the way. Uh, I'm sorry. I pronounced your name right again. Lauren Bobert. Um, So here's an interesting story that I think we're probably going to agree on. Now, I don't like the way John Fetterman has been treated by certain Republicans, you know, whether people calling him a vegetable you know, I don't like those statements, and I and I think of what happened to Mitch McConnell, and I'm not a fan of Mitch McConnell either. But when he froze and he's had yeah, some, yeah. you know, Democrats weren't mocking him. No. Those in office were. Uh, Joe Biden called him to see how he was doing, and and plenty of Democrats said, "Hey, even though we disagree with him, we hope he gets better. We hope he right, gets the help right. he needs," which I think is the right thing to do. I don't like the way Republicans have treated John Fetterman after he had the stroke. However, um, what do you make of this Senate dress code now, where Chuck Schumer has erased? the chamber's informal dress code to allow senators to wear whatever they want on the floor. Meaning, I mean, and I'm assuming I have this right. You could literally wear, what would you call it? A wife beater. I hate the name for that, but you know, the white shirt without sleeves and, and, and and boxer shorts. Like, I don't know. I'm just saying this is wrong. This uh, to me, this sets a bad example, right? It is totally wrong. It is totally ridiculous They don't realize, like we just mentioned, these people are representing the rest of the population of the United States. This is a huge body of government with great importance that gets into our lives. You've got to dress accordingly. 
You've got to dress for the job. I'm sorry. So I agree. Uh, We agree on this. Again, here's the problem I have where there are so many Republicans out there today, like the Marjorie Taylor Greens of the world, that are so focused on this issue. And they're so focused on the Joe Biden impeachment inquiry and Hunter Biden's laptop that it seems to me, and you could tell me if you disagree or not, but they're not focused on the real issues that the American people are facing. It could be gas prices, the economy, sure, uh, sure. you know, minimum wage, health care. Sure. I never hear them, or rarely do I hear them talking about the real issues that Americans want them to be working on. They want to talk about dress codes, and they want to talk about Hunter Biden's laptop, and they want to go and, and try to find a, a conversation that maybe Joe Biden had years back with somebody that might have done business with Hunter Biden. And I'm like, Come on, man. Will you will you guys just work together and, and for the American people? I just feel like that's not happening. Well, it, it's not. And they're running into uh, problems because of that government shutdown being one. You think it's going to happen? So I no, I think they're going to. Yeah, I think they're going to get a short term CR and uh, and hopefully keep the thing going. But there seems to be so much ammo that is being stockpiled now against Biden, against Hunter, against the Dems, against so many people that you're right. They're getting off course Mm -hmm. and failing to do what this country needs to have done. Yeah. And uh, what is your biggest criticism in Washington today? Like what if you were in office, like what is the one thing that you would uh, erase or change like immediately if you were a policymaker? Well, that's a good question. I mean, I have a laundry list, but but um, that is a very good question. I have a laundry list. I mean, there's a lot of things that I would change, but here's the problem: you need both sides to agree. You need well, a vote. right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, assuming, all right. Well, let me list a few things, and then you could tell all me. All right. Assuming you could get the vote, we need to treat guns like cars. In this example, you need to be trained. You need to re-register. A checkup of your health could be mental health. Um, I think it should be 18 to 21. Um, and I know a lot of people would argue, well, wait a second, you could serve this country and you're 18. Okay. But you have to be trained how to use the weapon. Right. Right. Um, those are just, a, uh, I agree. I, I would I agree. start, I would start with some basic gun control because we have a serious problem in this totally country when, agree. It comes, when it comes to gun violence. Um, I think, uh, the second thing I would probably do term limits. Um, there are people in office way too long. I, I I don't know how you feel about Mitt Romney, but I do appreciate the fact that he has said, listen, if I win again, I'm, I, I'd be in office till 80 and mm-hmm. I don't want to do that. We need mm-hmm. a younger generation of people. I think we need age limits as well. I you agree. have to be what? Is it 30 years old or 35 to be president of the United States? Yeah, 35, I think right? it's 35. Yeah. Um, how about 75 as a cap? You shouldn't be over 75 and be the president. Nobody wants to see Donald Trump and, and Joe Biden up there on a debate stage. I don't want to see that. I don't want to see those two. Right. Most of the country doesn't want to see these two running. Right. Why? You don't want to see him dribbling? <laughs> well, here's what I don't want to see. I don't want to see a, a repeat of 2020. Um, we need younger people in office. Now, yeah, listen, I agree. I don't like Ron DeSantis at all, but I would like to see Ron DeSantis debate Gavin Newsom. Regardless of whether you agree or disagree with their politics, we need younger people in office. And I just think the choices we have now are just abysmal. They're terrible. Um I don't think Joe Biden is this horrible guy, but yes, I do think he's too old and um, I don't want to see him run again. Um, so I would do term limits. I would do age, age yep. limits. Yep. Um, a lot of people want to talk about abortion. 
Right. Um, I like what Nikki Haley had to say about it, even though I disagree with her on policy. I like the fact that Nikki Haley said, look, if you're the president of the United States, you're not going to be able to ban abortion. So stop lying to the American people. Right. She said that to Mike Pence, which was appropriate. Right. She said, look, while we agree on the issue, let's just start because six out of 10 people in this country believe in a woman's right to choose. Mm-hmm. She said, let's just start with things that most people in America agree on. Let's get rid of late-term abortion unless there's a medical reason for right. it, right? Right. Let's stop talking about prosecuting women for getting abortions. Let's meet somewhere in the middle. Um, and I said, wow, there's a reasonable Republican speaking there. Yeah. While I disagree with her on her abortion stance, I like the fact that she's willing to be reasonable on the issue. I just think there's... And look, there's people on the left that are very unreasonable when it comes to a lot of things also. But this is just an example of we need more people like that being reasonable when it comes to certain issues. And that's why I thought she did a really good job. She did. You need people that recognize the need for people to negotiate, Mm -hmm. to find a common center. Mm -hmm. You give a little bit, I'll give a little bit, but... This is the product we're going to come up with. I feel like that's what America needs right now. We need somebody moderate. Could be a moderate yeah, Democrat or a absolutely. moderate Republican. Absolutely. Um, I don't know how many moderates are out there right now. Um, certainly, Ron DeSantis is not. Trump is not. No. Uh, Biden, it, it, people could make the argument that he is, uh, but we need more people in the middle. We need more people that are moderate yeah. that can work. And, and, you know, say what you want about Bill Clinton. I mean, I've been on the air called him a rapist. Because I believe Bill Clinton is. I believe he sexually assaulted multiple women in his life. With that being said, he did work with Republicans. Got a lot of things done as president. The economy was really good. Now, things have changed today. I think it's almost impossible for Republicans and Democrats to work together. Um, It's very childish in Washington these days. The climate has changed. Big time. I don't know if Clinton would be able to do that today. Big time. I never asked you this. Who... um, who, who is it on the Republican side that, that you could put your support behind that's running for president? Ooh. Uh, that's a very good question. I wish you would ask me that after the second debate. <laughs> well, Next there's, week. St- there's still a lot of time. Let me, yeah. let me ask you this then. If it was Donald Trump versus Joe Biden today, what, what, what would you do? I got to go for the Trumpster. I'm sorry. Mm, this, uh, that's where we would disagree. <laughs> yeah, I know. We, oh, I know. What if he's a convicted felon? Would you still vote for him? Uh, boy, that's a, that's a, you know, a lot of people will. Well, I don't think so. I don't think so. It's the law and order party. We hear yeah, that from I don't think so. Okay. Well, uh, let me ask you this then. I think there are probably a, a, a good portion of Republicans that, that would agree with you, but. What do you make of it when the Republican Party is is labeled by some yeah. as the law and order party? And then when they're asked on a debate stage, even if Donald Trump is a convicted felon, would you still support his candidacy? Everybody except for Hutchinson and uh, and uh, Christie, everybody else raised their hand and said yes. Right. How could that be the law? Even if you disagree with the indictments. You know, I like what Chris Christie said, because he said, even if you disagree and you think this is a political witch hunt, right. even if you don't like the charges and you think it's all sham, we can't normalize this behavior. No. And he's right. We can't. No. You know, no. I mean, we can't normalize this stuff. I it, mean, I it, just, it's it, beneath it, the presidency. It's, just, it's too distracting from the work that needs to be done by these people. Yeah. 
And 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 I do understand when you say let's hear the second debate because um, I'm interested in watching the second debate as well. Um, I don't understand how anybody could say Ron DeSantis had a good debate. All he did was memorize talking right. points. Well, exactly. Like, I, I don't understand how. What are you watching? Exactly. Uh, I don't understand how anybody could say Vivek Ramaswamy had a good debate. I thought he got destroyed. Um, I thought Nikki Haley had a pretty good debate. Yeah. I thought yeah. she she won me over a little bit with how I'm not saying I would vote for her over Joe Biden. I don't know what I would do in that situation. I haven't. I wouldn't. But but I, she did impress me. Um. And, you know, Mike Pence, even though I would never vote for the guy, I thought he did okay. I mean, he fought for some things. and But, yeah, I was impressed most with Nikki Haley, and I don't think anybody else gained much traction. That's just my personal I agree. I yeah. agree with that. There, uh, I think some people had a really good opportunity, mm-hmm. and they didn't take advantage of it. Agree. Uh, agree. I think we also could, you know, you're involved in, like, the local politics here and, and things that are going on. And, and I know you're a supporter of, of, of Joe Lombardo. I really like Kevin McMahill. I thought, yeah, McMahill, he, he, I think he's a really good sheriff. Yeah. He's very fair. He's one of those people when we're talking about being reasonable, meeting in the middle, mm-hmm. he's one of those guys. Mm-hmm. I think Kevin's really good at what he does. And, and we're very lucky to have him as sheriff. Wasn't a huge Joe Lombardo guy, but I've said this over and over again. I don't consider Joe Biden, uh, Joe Biden. I don't consider Joe Lombardo a MAGA Republican because he's not. I don't consider no. him an extremist because he's not. No. Uh, he has some things that, uh, characteristics when, when, in regards to his personality, I'm not a big fan of, but I don't think the sky is falling. And when he won, I didn't say to myself, Oh my God, we're in trouble. He's going to be a terrible governor because I don't yeah. think he, he is. And I don't no, think he will no, be. No. Yeah. I mean, no. I don't mind him. I don't think Sislak was a terrible governor. I don't know how you, I know a lot of Republicans don't like him, but I don't think he was a terrible governor. I think he had a really difficult job during COVID. He had to make a lot totally. of very difficult decisions. All of his decisions were not correct, but I thought he was listening to uh, professionals around him and he had a very difficult job, right? Uh, I don't know. I mean, how would you rate Sislak? Well, I, I, I agree with you. He had a tough job mm-hmm. during uh, during his stretch, but... You know, don't forget, when you are not in the majority, such as Lombardo finds himself not in the majority, it's even tougher Mm -hmm. than you would imagine. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. And I think they shot down, especially he's a big education guy, big education guy. And they shot down a couple of his proposals that I think were wrong, that I think would have done Clark County Schools. Uh, a lot of good. The students, a lot of good. Because, you know, Brian, let's face it, we're having problems in our school district. Sure. You know that. Sure. No doubt. Um, This is one of the worst school districts in the country. Without a doubt. Um, I think there's a lot of reasons for that. But here's where I would start by saying to some of my Republican friends, I don't believe children are being indoctrinated. There are 300,000 teachers across the country. Yeah. I don't believe critical race theory exists, maybe in a few colleges here and there. Yeah. Stop talking about drag queens. Stop talking about child indoctrination. Stop talking about how teachers are indoctrinating our kids and forcing them to be gay or transgender. It's not happening. But let's focus on the real issues. First of all, teacher pay. Yeah. Parents getting involved. I do think parents are a big part of this thing. Huge. Huge. Um, Let's talk about resources. I also believe when you have 40 kids in one classroom, that's too many for one teacher to deal with. We need smaller classrooms. We need certain teachers to be making a little bit more money 
Uh, they need to be rewarded more. There's a lot of different things. Maybe, uh, you totally. know, go over the curriculum a little yeah, bit. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of things that can improve, but I just wish that the talking points would stop of indoctrination yeah. and that sort of stuff. I don't think that's the issue here yeah. at all. You yeah. know, I don't. What do you think is the biggest issue when it comes to like education, our kids? Well, I, I agree with you. I think it's the level of the experience, the level of the expertise. Mm-hmm. That the teachers have. If you have a really good teacher that really gives a crap about the kids, about education, those kids are going to learn mm-hmm. by hook or crook. I would hope so. I also think disciplining these kids, uh, I think sometimes a little too lenient. First of all, oh, yeah. if a student ever puts his hand on a teacher, uh, they need to go to jail. I don't care if they're I 15 years old totally agree. or 18 years totally old. Agree. Uh, you're a, you need to go to juvenile uh, jail for for at least a year or two. Totally agree. Um, I believe that if a, if a, if a student is disrespecting a teacher, I think we need cameras in the classroom um, with audio, um, not for the public, but uh, for disciplinary reasons. Yeah. We need a camera. Now that would be expensive. I get that, but if a student disrespects a teacher, swears at a teacher, I never did that when I was a kid. I swore at a lot of people. I never swore at my teacher. Um, it needs to be, uh, in my opinion, an automatic, uh, some some sort of automatic suspension from yeah. school. Um, and if you're skipping class and you're not showing up to class and you don't have a legitimate reason for it, same needs to apply. I think we need to start by disciplining. And trust me, those parents are going to be very unhappy when uh, they find out that their their son or daughter ain't going to school for a right, week or two. Right, um, right. So I think it needs to start there too. I think I, discipline yeah. is, is really important. Listen, same thing with a teacher. If a teacher does something inappropriate or spreads their political yeah. beliefs, which is inappropriate, right. Uh, right or left, then they need to be disciplined as well. But we need to stop with this, just the, the gender ideology nonsense. And like I said, the transgenders and all that nonsense and, and just focus on the real issues. I don't think those are real issues that affect Teachers people. are there to do one thing, and that is to teach the subject at hand and not very correct yeah yeah correct uh and yes we can definitely agree that uh, the clark county school district we have one of the worst school districts mm-hmm. in the country mm-hmm. and it's not a republican problem it's not a democrat problem no. uh you know uh, you know it just there are things that need to be addressed right and um for a very brief time in this city i was right. a substitute teacher for a very brief time and uh boy i gotta tell you the students are out of control they were there. some some classes better than others, but uh, not these these students aren't being disciplined. They think they can say whatever they want. These millennials, they think they can treat people any way they want and talk any way they want. True, and uh, it needs to be established on day one that it will not be tolerated. Right, teachers need to be stern, this, uh, and it starts from the principal all 100%. the way down. Yeah, 100%. so we we'll and see what happens. So we 100%. have a lot from a sports perspective to talk about. Uh, so here's what I want to do, Dennis. So we're with the golf guru, Dennis Silvers. Also get into some politics with him, of course, because he's very involved politically here. Uh, does a show. It's, it's a weekly show that you got going? Yeah. yeah. Weekly. What day Call is it? Pick Your Politics. We do it on Wednesdays at 11 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. Cool. And you've had some good guests on, on the yeah. show as well. But at heart, you're 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 you've been covering golf your whole oh, life. Oh yeah, yeah. So I wanna I wanna yeah. I wanna pick your brain when we come back and talk about this Phil Mickelson story. He's finally actually owning up to his gambling addiction. So we're gonna talk a little bit about that. We got the Shriners Hospital for Children's Open, which Coming is literally up. right around the corner, right three weeks away. Coming so up. we're gonna talk a little bit about that as well. Plenty of stuff to get to. We can get into maybe a little bit of the Ryder Cup as well. So uh, we'll take a quick break. We'll be back right after this with Dennis Silvers. You're listening to Pushing the Limits right here on KSHP. 
everybody. Are you struggling to find a pizza place that reminds you of Brooklyn? That true blue New York style pie? Well, worry no more. Stallone's Italian Eatery Pizza is a knockout. We're located at 467 East Silverado Ranch Boulevard, just off of Premier Road, half a mile east of South Point Casino, just minutes from the Las Vegas Strip. Come by and grab a slice of pie. Plus, check out our Brooklyn-inspired Italian cuisine. Our sandwiches are super hero, that is, because why be a sub when you can be a hero? Stallone's Italian Eatery is here to serve you phenomenal food, Vegas. Forget about it. Everybody, it's Brian Shapiro from Pushing the Limits here. I want to tell you guys about my good friends at the Postal Annex. They have a notary signing agent, on-site daily, no appointment needed, and they offer a full-scale of printing services from shipping labels to documents, business cards, banners, photos, and business signage. They're your passport service headquarters. They offer passport photos, and they can renew your adult passports. If you're traveling in a hurry, they can get those passports to you within seven days or less. Mailbox rentals with a physical street address, and they also receive your packages from Amazon, UPS, FedEx, USPS, and more. Here's the best part. If you're a Pushing the Limits listener, they have an introductory rate of only 39 bucks for a three-month service. You can't beat it. Give them a call. 702-873-8005. Check them out at 6130 West Flamingo Road. It's the Postal Annex. Tell them I sent you. Buying or selling a home is a huge life event that requires guidance from an expert in the industry and community. My name is Blake Wynn. You may recognize my name as my grandfather was the best governor the state of Nevada has ever had. Growing up in Las Vegas, I've come to know this community intricately. Now, I am raising a family here as well. So I understand all the issues impacting our home and quality of life. As the top realtor for the number one real estate team at Keller Williams, you can have confidence in my experience, knowledge, and track record. When it comes to buying, selling, or investing in real estate, choose a name you can trust and someone who understands the community you call home. Call Blake Wynn today and experience the difference of a trusted expert. 702-540-3311. Hey everybody, it's Brian Shapiro from Pushing the Limits. I want to tell you guys about Sahara West Urgent Care and Wellness. They're conveniently located on the southwest corner of Sahara and Jones, they're open Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. and Saturday, 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. At Sahara West Urgent Care, they'll take care of all your health care needs. They offer routine services such as physicals, STD testing, car accident treatment and work injuries. You name it, they do it. They have on-site x-ray, EKG, ultrasound and labs. They treat chronic conditions such as asthma, blood pressure, diabetes and more. They also offer general wellness exams, treatments such as testosterone enhancement and cancer screening. They're located on Sahara, 6125 West Sahara Avenue. Their number is 702-248-0554. And the best part, they accept most major insurances and affordable cash pay prices. Office visits starting at just $95. And I'm also a client. So please give them a call, 702-248-0554. Welcome back. It is Pushing the Limits on a Tuesday. Programming note, the former mayor of Las Vegas, Oscar Goodman, will be joining us on the show tomorrow. You know that's going to be a lot of fun. Oscar always brings it, man. I love Oscar. He's a good friend. and He'll be joining us on the show tomorrow. Talk a little bit about the wifey, Carolyn Goodman, and much, much more. Speaking of former politicians, you know, the late, great Kenny Gwynn, 
can't say enough nice things about him and what a wonderful family and he was a great governor tragedy would happen to him uh but he was a good man uh his grandson is blake gwen who's done this show plenty of times over at the keller williams group and if you're thinking of buying or selling a home blake is the guy to call uh i gotta tell you man the the housing market is just it, it, it seems to be changing by the day, but it, the, thousands of people flocking to Las Vegas and moving here every week. It's unbelievable, and rightfully so. I just hate all the construction, that's all. But uh, give my friend Blake Wynn a call. He's the best at Keller Williams, even if you're thinking of buying or selling a home. His number is 702-540-3311. Again, that number. Call Blake. Tell him I sent you. $1,000 cash back. 702-540-3311. You mentioned the name of the show. We got Dennis Silvers, the golf guru, in studio. We were talking a little politics with him, but now we're going to get to some uh, more pleasant topics. And I always love um, making fun of Phil Mickelson. Um, <laughs> fat Phil, as I like to call him. I'm fat shaming Phil Mickelson. Yes, send me letters. Um, now, listen, Phil Mickelson, he's a Hall of Famer. He's had an unbelievable career. He's one of the best golfers of all time. Nobody can ever take that away from him. Right. But he's addressing all the rumors that have followed him around for, I'm not even going to say years, decades, um, about his gambling problem. And he's been opening up, and he, he's admitted to uh, getting some treatment. Now, Billy Walters is a guy that went to jail, and a lot of people would blame Phil Mickelson for that. Right. But Billy Walters put this uh, put this book out, and it talked about how Phil Mickelson wanted to drop $400 million on the Ryder Cup. Um, when Phil Mickelson was on the team, he wanted to bet on himself. I believe Billy Walters. I don't think that's something that he would make up. He doesn't have to make that up. Now, Phil Mickelson has denied that. Um, but here's what Phil had to say about the millions and millions and millions of dollars. Some people are saying billions that Phil Mickelson has lost in his life gambling. He said, I won't be betting this year because I crossed the line of moderation and into addiction, which isn't any fun at all. He added his financial losses due to his gambling weren't devastating, but the impact it had in his personal life was crushing. He said, you're here, but you're not with us is something a friend told him in regards to his addiction. Uh, I hurt those that I care about in ways I wasn't aware or could fully understand. It's like a hurricane. Um, he went on and said, uh, you know, he, he's tried to clean up a lot of damage and he's still getting help. What do you make of this? Well, you know, obviously you're right. He he has had an addiction problem mm-hmm. for a long time, a gambling addiction problem. And I, I just find it uh, as much money as Phil has made through winning tournaments, through big-time endorsement deals, through all of the money he got being induced to go over to the Live Tour, I don't know, Brian, losing purportedly a billion dollars seems like a lot of money to me. Well, just like any other addiction, it's if you can't control it, it doesn't just affect you. It affects people around you. Well, yeah. And we've heard stories of the upwards of hundreds of thousands of dollars that he's lost or won in practice rounds. Mm-hmm. I remember there was a story, and I don't remember the player who was a young kid, 18, 19 years old, very new on the PGA Tour, maybe 20. And uh, he had admitted in a practice round that he had took some money off of Phil, and then that became a national story. But Phil's been doing this for a very, very long time. Yeah, yeah. Uh, obviously, you cross over into uh, the Pete Rose scandal which by the way i think pete rose should be a hall of famer i've been very consistent on that Uh, i don't like pete rose personally i don't think he's a very nice guy but i've always defended him when it came to that situation but you look at what gambling has done to pete rose um i look at phil and here's the question i will ask you how has this affected his golf he has been so invested in gambling it could be football or anything 
Um, I would imagine this was a daily occurrence for him to gamble. I would have to think that uh, the amazing talent that he is, that maybe this affected his golf game in some ways also. What do you think about that? Well, that that's a very good point. If you notice the way he has been playing at least the last couple of years, two-plus years on the Live Tour, Brian, he hasn't been all that stellar at all, mm. at all. He's been terrible. So he yeah. might be thinking, God, I got 200000 on the Giants. I gave away seven. I wonder what they're doing. I got to look at my phone. You know what I mean? Right, right. Very, very possible that has affected his game. Absolutely. Yeah, uh, certainly his relationships with people. Well, listen, this is a good thing that at least he's owning it. Yeah, yeah. At least he's admitting that he's gotten help. I give him credit for that because as a man, that's I think that's the best thing you do. Admit you have a problem and uh, get help. And moving forward, obviously, you never uh, – we don't know if it's true or not whether he told uh, Billy Walters – I want to bet on the Ryder Cup. I want to bet. I, I do believe it to be true, but there's no evidence of that. No. If that was actually true, though, then there would have to be, you know, some repercussions for that. I don't, totally. I, we'll never know if that's true no, or not. No, we'll never know. I don't think Billy Walters is lying. Like I said, I don't think he has a reason to lie. Apparently, he was making bets with Walters, uh, and Walters was placing a lot of his bets. Right. I read his book, and it's astounding the amount of money that Phil Mickelson would bet on football alone. Yeah. Uh, and then, he, of course, he would make bets with people on the golf course and all that. Do you think Phil ever bet on golf? Oh, boy, oh, boy. You know what? I've got to believe he did. On some of the marquee events, some of the majors, mm -hmm. i got to believe he did. It's interesting because yeah. John, John Daly was asked that question. Now, as you know, John Daly's had a gambling addiction for a yeah. long time. But oh, he yeah. He doesn't apologize it. He said he's lost probably upwards of $500 million yeah. in his life. He wrote about it in his book, but he said, you know what? This is who I am. Now, he said he's controlled it a little better. He doesn't spend like he used to. He said he was crazy and stupid. But he hasn't stopped gambling. Right. He said in an interview that he's had people approach him, say, hey, can you tank? I want to bet on this guy versus you. Can you can you not play well tomorrow? And he always said that that's the one line he never crossed. He, you know, he got angry with people because he would never hurt the integrity of the game. Now, I believe John Daly. Yeah, I do, uh, too. He's that kind of guy. Um, I do, too. Yeah, yeah. But I'm sure players – listen, gambling is a big part of, of golf now. It's changed over the years where there wasn't much betting on golf, and now there's tons of betting on the Well, there, there's tons of betting, and uh, last week I had a great guest on the show, long, long time golf announcer who knows the game and the players – Inside and out, Bob Bupka, uh, he said golf has become all about one thing, Dennis. And I go, what's that, Bob? He goes, money. And when you think about it, Brian, it's true. Mm -hmm. It's true. What do you make of John Rahm's comments? Because first of all, John Rahm addressed the gambling and he said he hears it all the time. He's on the golf course and he hears people talking about gambling. Uh, and then he, I guess he got a little upset. I'm not a big John Rahm fan. I think he's a kind of a spoiled crybaby, but he's a great player. But a couple weeks ago at the, uh, at the last, the last tournament of the year for the FedEx Cup, um, they were talking about the enormous payouts, right? In that right, tournament. Right. And, and he said he's tired of it. You know, he's already financially well set and, and right. the game shouldn't all be about money. I mean, he made some statements. I'm paraphrasing in the press conference where he said he's tired of hearing about the money. He, he's there to win. He's competitive. He wants to play well. He wants to win. Um, I appreciated him saying that. I don't know if it's entirely true. You're always probably thinking a little bit about well, the money. Of course you are. But I understand what he was saying. 
where golf has changed now where it's it, the purses it are huge. The money's huge. And and players play in the tournaments where it seems like the purses are, are higher. Unbel- and they're and they're only going to get higher, you know, years 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 ago back when these guys were playing, they weren't affiliated with a club. They had no sponsors. They weren't making big money in that end. What they made is what they were grinding out on the golf course. Right. That is golf, pure and simple. Today, as you know, totally different story. It really is. Uh, the money is astounding. I mean, I was, yeah. I was, I was reading a story about, I forgot the player, but he has a, you know, he's a top 10 player in the world. And I was reading that his caddy has made like three or four million dollars mm. in the, at, at, the caddy's making more money than, than some top 100 players in the world. And I was like, wow, that's unbelievable. I mean, there's a lot of money out there on tour. A lot of money. And I know there's more money on the live tour, but, um, but there's a lot of money on the PGA tour as well. Speaking, Bob, Bob told me, let me just interrupt you. Bob yep. told me something different when he said it's become all about the money. You know, with all the stuff going on between the PGA Tour and the Live Tour and the uh, DP World Tour, and I, it's all going to get settled. I think they're all going to come to some kind of uh, agreement, some kind of whatever. But people are saying, you know, these guys on the Live Tour, yeah, they got a lot of money, but they got to realize they got to cut their losses sooner or later. Bob told me he found out, and he's very close with a couple of uppity-ups in the in the live tour, they have a an account, separate account for live golf all by itself, $760 billion. Huh. Oh, well, they're going to run out of oil, and that's going to start. No, 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 no. They've got enough enough oil today to keep things going for 220 years. So they're here to stay, Brian. $760 billion? $60 billion just in this golf account. That's not, that's ridiculous. It is ridiculous. Uh, the PGA Tour should have recognized that from day one and said, okay, we're going to have to find a way to work with these yeah, guys. And, and it is ridiculous. The commissioner of the PGA Tour is a complete buffoon. Idiot. Uh, from day one, they said, listen, in a perfect world, we'd just love for this tour not to be around. They have too much money. Yeah. We need to collaborate with them, and let's have some totally. PGA events. Totally. Let's, let's attempt to work together. Um, and unfortunately, um, he didn't do that. No. And now it's a mess. Yeah, it is And a there's mess. a lot of distrust. Speaking of the PGA Tour, though, we do have the Shriners Hospital for Children's Open. Yeah, baby. Which is, uh, I believe, October 11th through yeah. the 15th, yeah. if I'm not Come mistaken. Out. I haven't heard any press releases or any big names that have committed yet to this tournament. Which I is, haven't either. Which is not good, because the tournament's three weeks away. Well... Yeah, Brian, you know, they never do a lot of advertising here for this event. You know that. That's why they get meager crowds. They don't get the names. Yeah, the crowds are terrible. Ter- terrible yeah. crowds. I mean, I'd love to give, you know, I like Patrick Lindsay, and I like the people that run this tournament, and it's for a great cause. I'm not trying to bash anybody great here. Cause. I think it's admirable what they do and the work they do. But with that being said, uh, you know, when you look at the Phoenix Open and the crowds there, the spectacular crowds they oh, have there, by the way, unreal, and they're fun and everybody's having a great time. And I remember, was it last year when somebody had a hole in one and, and there's beer cans everywhere and people are going nuts. That's what a golf tournament should be. It's yeah, about having right, a good, right. I'm not saying people should be screaming on backswings no. or threatening people, but 
The Phoenix Open is the essence of what these tournaments should be like. Now, why is the Phoenix Open that popular? Well, they do have great sponsors, but they advertise they, they're all over the exactly. place. Yeah, and, and guess what? A lot of the players like that atmosphere. Right. Some of them don't. But, uh, you know, uh, most of the players say, man, we love it when we hear this energy in the crowd. Totally. And, I, yeah. I have said for a long time, the Phoenix Open on a practice round gets more people visiting the outhouse than our <laughs> tournament does for four days. You're probably right. You're, you're probably right. Um, Vegas should be like that. And it's not for a lot of different Perfect reasons. place. You mentioned one of them. It's the aver- uh, it's the ad- lack of advertising. They're terrible when it comes to get- spreading the word. Number two, I, 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 in my personal opinion, uh, I would say the golf course has something to do with it. All due respect to TPC, it's not a PGA Tour golf course. It, it's a beautiful golf course. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, Shadow Creek is a PGA Tour yeah. golf course. Yeah. That's number two. Um, I would I would also say the timing of the event isn't the greatest. No. Um, I look at what the Travelers Championship has turned into. I grew up there. It was the Greater Hartford Open, the Sammy Davis Jr. Greater Hartford Open. Um, always a really good tournament. Now it's one of the best on tour. Yeah. Literally everybody is yeah. there. Yeah. I was there. I was there a couple months ago, uh, for that tournament and I watched literally everybody. As long as you're not on the live tour, everybody was there. I saw Rory McElroy get his first career hole in one. Um, everybody from Patrick Cantley to Ricky Fowler, um, Xander Shoffley, everybody was out there. And, um, it's just, it's just not that kind of tournament here. And it, and and I think you're right. It's the time of year, you know, the, the regular season is closed after the FedEx cup. They're kind of starting the new season. It's getting towards the end of the year. It is towards the end of the year holidays. These guys are tired. Uh, and they'll go, you know what? As much as I love Vegas and a lot of them like Vegas, I'm going to take a pass. Yeah. And that's what happens. Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly what happens. And, you know, listen, a few years back before Liv, we had Phil Mickelson out here. And oh, yeah. We had uh, Bryson DeChambeau, who always yep. played, who started, won this tournament uh, a few years back. And, um, you know, we were, we were getting Sergio Garcia, guys like that. But Liv really, uh, you can't really do anything about that. No. Uh, but there are still a lot of great players on tour. Totally. And all I'm saying is I, w- I would assume Patrick Cantley's going to play in this tournament because he's played so well here. Yeah. Um, Max Homa was here last year. We still got some pretty big names, but why uh, Morikawa doesn't play in this tournament when he lives here, I don't know. Or Xander Shoffley, who didn't play last year. These are guys that live here, right? And you have to find a way to get these guys to play in this tournament. And, and uh, the fact that we are three weeks out I and know. we haven't heard of one big name. I mean, scary. In, in years past, we, we've we've heard the the press releases of Hey, Jordan Speed's going to be yeah, here. Yeah, he came out right. Yeah, you All know, and, and I I haven't seen any of no, that. No. I just think that's a really bad uh, sign, and and I hope I'm wrong, and I hope they get some big commitments. Well, anyway, I agree. let's talk a little Ryder Cup. We got a few minutes here. Um, uh, the Ryder Cup is is fun for a lot of different reasons. First of all, you're playing for your country, but uh, the crowds are great. Like the Phoenix Open, uh, the crowds are rowdy. They're great. Fabulous. That's the way. Um, and the majors are starting to really get like that now yeah. more, which I like. The crowds are really getting into it. And, yeah. And, and that's what golf should be all about. It's about having a good time and getting out there and watching some good golf. But um, the Ryder Cup is very special. It, it's different. You're playing for your country. Um, what do you make of the Ryder Cup this year? Right, it's in Rome. What do you, what do you make of the location, and uh, what do you make of uh, the teams that are uh, set up? Well, I I think the location is great. Rome is absolutely beautiful, of course. Uh, it's a very good golf course. Uh, it it just 
you know, I, I'm just kind of still a little bit surprised as to how the American team, which I personally think is a little bit on the weak side, how they are still such heavy favorites. I think they're minus 120, mm-hmm. 110, something like that. And the Europeans are just the opposite. Uh, it just, that's very interesting to me. I just think the Europeans have a lot, a lot of good players that are playing well right now. Uh, and I think they're going to do the job, Ryan. I tend to agree with you. I, I, I tend to side with Europe too. I do think they win. What do we have at a few years back at Whistling Straits? Yeah. What was that? Two years ago or three years ago? Two or three, uh, yeah, several years yeah. back. What is, what is the Ryder Cup? Isn't it every couple? Is it every couple of years? Every couple of years. I feel like it was at uh, in in uh, was uh, was it Milwaukee, Whistling Straits, right? And that was that was a lot of fun to watch that. And uh, I feel like, um, yeah, I feel like this year in Rome, I, I I feel like the Americans might be in a little bit of trouble. So I, I tend to I tend to agree with you on that. Let me ask you this: a controversial pick of well, well, yeah. number one. Uh, it's hard to win away from home, as the American team has found out a number of times. Number two, the Europeans, and it's been talked about many times, they bond together much more than the Americans. They play more practice rounds. They go out in pairings to see who's fitting with who, where the Americans don't necessarily do that. And I think that makes a difference. And, of course, the crowd. Of course, the crowd. Let's talk a little bit about that and, and chemistry when it comes to a Ryder Cup team and some of the picks, some of the controversial picks. Uh, Zach Johnson, who's been a uh, correct me if I'm wrong, he won the Masters, right? That mm-hmm. was that was his one major that he won in his career. Good player, had a really has had a Very really good nice, player, really nice career. Yeah. Um. So he's the Ryder Cup captain, and um, one controversial pick was Justin Thomas, who's had the worst year of his career. He's played some terrible golf, terrible, this year. horrendous. Um. And yet, Zach Johnson puts him on the team. What do you make of this? Uh, Zach Johnson was obviously, I'll repeat, obviously put under a ton of pressure to uh, put JT on the team. Ton of pressure from people. And he acquiesced. Yeah. And I think it was a bad pick. What do you think of some of these other guys? Uh, like, uh, Well, first of all, let's talk about the people that were not picked. I think a lot of people could make the case for Glover. Yeah, to be honest, Lucas team. Glover, the guy, absolutely. The guy won back-to-back PGA yep. Tour events last month. Yep. He's arguably the hottest golfer he's in the world. He's kind of peaking, right. Um, he's a veteran. He's not a rookie. He's been right. on tour for a while. Right. Guy's putting lights out. Um, great ball striker. Yeah. I would have absolutely picked him over Justin Thomas. Yeah. What do you, what do you think I about totally that? Agree. Yeah, uh, I totally agree. Yeah. Any other picks? I totally agree. Well, you got Jordan Spieth, who... Is kind of a stalwart, but still not playing great. I think he's a little bit uh, in a vulner- vulnerable position. Uh, we'll see how he plays, but I, I, I just think as a whole, this team is not strong like I think the European team is. You mentioned uh, Jordan Spieth, who's uh, a captain's pick. Let me give you a few other captain's pick. Colin Morikawa has not exactly played his best no, golf No, he recently. hasn't. What do you make of that pick? He hasn't. He's Colin's a great player. There's no doubt about it. Uh, but to me, I don't care who you are. You got to get the guy that's been around a little bit, kind of a little bit tournament savvy, 
but really playing good, really hot. Well, I don't care if he's a rookie or not, just like they picked on the European team. Another couple pick, of, another pick I was just going to say, uh, Ricky Fowler's had a pretty good Ricky year. Ricky Fowler, yeah. He's played some pretty good golf, yeah. but that was a captain's pick. Right. What are your thoughts on that? I, I, I don't think Ricky belongs here. I don't think he's going to do well at all. What about Sam? Why? Why do you say that? I, I just think under that kind of setting, under that kind of competition, and he's done in here, he's just fallen short. He Sam hasn't Burns. Been able to Sam Burns, another captain's pick. Sam Burns. Good player. Yeah, he's been playing well. I think he's going to play well. Yeah. Um, so I mentioned to you all the captain's picks. Uh, Brooks Kepka is another one that I don't think we have a problem with. Brooks, I don't either. He seems to thrive in these situations. Oh, uh, yeah. The automatic selections are interesting because, you know, Wyndham Clark is not a guy we'd ever no, be talking yeah, right. about the, the Ryder Cup. Um, I think he's going to struggle. He had a great week at the U.S. Open. He's been playing some good golf, but uh, this is a whole different ball game. I, I don't agree. think Wyndham Clark is going to be. Uh, I agree. Um, listen, Xander Shoffley, the, the, the guy knows how to win a gold medal in the Olympics, but if there's one thing about his career that he struggled a little bit, is finishing. Um, I, I don't have high hopes for Xander. I love Scotty Scheffler. I think the guy's a robot. Unreal. Uh, the guy's unbelievable. I love, the, love the fact he was an automatic selection. Oh, yeah. Uh, Max Holmes had a phenomenal year. Yeah. He's one of the best players in the yeah. world. I don't have a He's problem. He's playing with, great. Yeah, I think, I think he'll embrace it up. Uh, you know, Brian Harmon's been around a really long time, and I was really happy to see him uh, win a major. He's very steady, and you need that. Uh, doesn't hit the ball too long, but he's got a really, really good short game. I think this format might work for him. We'll have to wait and see. I think, he, I think he's going to be a very pleasant surprise. Yeah. I really do. I do. Uh, Cantley is another robot out there. Cantley's I mean, the guy unreal. Just, the guy's unreal. unbelievable, so he, he certainly belongs yeah. on this team. Um. But I tend to agree with you. Like, I remember in years past, right, when we had guys that were at their peak, like when DJ was playing his best golf, right? Guys like that. Uh, and, and Brooks Kepka was one of the best players in the world, right. you know? And we had guys like that that were um, competing at such a high, high level. level. And and I just don't feel – some of these guys, they're just not doing that right now. You know, I love Brooks Kepka, but he's not playing like he was four years ago. No, no. You know, um, no. Uh, he's a great player. So, so hey, we'll see what happens. But I'm it, with you. It's gonna be, uh, it's gonna be a great event. Always is. It's gonna be an interesting event. Yeah. I've, have you ever been to a Ryder Cup, by the way? I have not. God, I'd love to go to I'd one. Love to go to a Ryder Cup. Well, me buy too. me airfare to Rome and let's go. Let's do it. <laughs> let's do it. Uh, no, that that that's. Can you imagine that? If you have the money and you have the time be to be good. able to fly out to Rome, and, be good, and, and and be a tourist and watch the Ryder Cup in Rome. The experience that that would be. I mean, that's it's going to be fun to watch on TV. The problem I have is the time difference, right? Yeah, the time yeah. difference is going to screw everything up. So I know it's, it's going to be tough to watch the Ryder Cup live and, and all that and, good pasta. Ooh. Oh, oh yeah, Dennis. We only got about a minute here, but tell me a little bit about your show and how people. People can uh, follow you and what you do every week on your on your podcast. Well, on the golf podcast, it's called uh, the 19th Old Podcast for Golfers. We're on every Thursday. We broadcast live, uh, you know, live video podcast on uh, Facebook and on YouTube, a lot of other uh, social media uh, channels as well. Always have some great guests. We make it entertaining. We make it informative. We have a hell of a lot of fun when we do it. So we go. We hope you get a chance to tune in. Yeah, you know you do a great job, and I know we'll appreciate see you, it. I know we'll see you out there at Shriners. Maybe we'll have you in again before Shriners. Love if, it. If there are any announcements, which we haven't heard yeah, of us which yet, we haven't heard, uh, which is not a good sign. But uh, hopefully they'll get some big names out there at Shriners. It's a great cause for charity and, and saving children's yeah. lives. And I great cause, absolutely. And I great cause. Patrick Lindsay's a really nice guy, and I know he's doing the best he can under yeah. our difficult it's tough. circumstances. It's tough. Yeah. 
Yeah, no question. I wish we could get more celebrities to to be a part of this thing. Not Justin Timberlake. That no, was that was a mistake. That was a disaster. Oh, my God. That was the worst. But uh, anyway, thanks for coming in, Dennis. Really appreciate it. Anytime. Good to see you. And uh, tomorrow, the former mayor of Las Vegas, Oscar Goodman, is going to be joining us. That's going to be a lot of fun. Always fun mixing it up with Oscar. And uh, also my thanks to former presidential candidate Joe Walsh for joining us. We're going to take a 22-hour break. Ladies and gentlemen, we'll see you tomorrow. Same place. Have a great day, everybody. Thank you.